Welcome to On Carrying a Concern, where we share stories of friends in service, and also some reflections and lessons from the road. I'm Khaled Keith Perry. I'm Christina Keith Perry. And this show is produced as a ministry under the care of Fresh Pond Monthly Meeting in Cambridge, Massachusetts, with the financial support of New England Yearly Meetings Legacy Gift Fund. In this first episode, we want to introduce you to what we're going to be doing here. After this one, you're not going to hear from us for months, but it seemed like given what we're about to do, the exciting piece of ministry we're going to embark on, we probably should do something first to let people know what's going on. This all sounds very mysterious, but we promise you it is not nearly as mysterious as that. The the baseline thing is we want to talk to folks that have followed leadings into service. So that's a calling, a nudge from God, a, a feeling of something greater than yourself that you're supposed to do in the world that you have to act on. Uh, in the old times, the Quakers called it a concern. You carried a concern into ministry. And we want to talk to people about what it's like to do that. Not just the doing of the thing, but what is it like inside, in the interior landscape? Like What happens to a person to make them realize they've got to do something differently with their life and carry their life into the world in a way that they didn't before. So we're talking to people not about the observable action that was the outgrowth of their ministry, but really about the experience of preparing and being prepared personally to carry it out. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we will talk about like whatever happened because oh, yeah. sometimes the context is important, but essentially like we don't want this stuff to be googleable. We want to hear about what it's like to be being formed, to be led. And we used to do that more, we think. Well, friends used to write about it in their journals, and journaling in general has fallen fairly out of fashion. Right. But we have to remember that those journals weren't really journals the way we think of diaries. Most of the time, they weren't actually written until way after. They were kind of reflections on something that happened in their life. Sometimes it involved actual things that happened on actual dates, so more kind of like a diary. But they were also kind of compendiums. However, however you look at it, um, they functioned to pass on some of the learnings and reflections of people in, in public service to people who were going to be carrying on public service after them. And these days, um, hardly any of that takes place. This mattered to us an awful lot because through luck or or providence or something, we both have been really um, mentored and lifted up by all kinds of folks around us in Pacific Yearly Meeting, New York Yearly Meeting, now New England Yearly Meeting. And so it seemed right that if we could, that it would be great using microphones and technology and the kind of willing hearts and, and stories of other folks to share some of these stories of struggle and joy with other people. Okay, so who are we, though? Uh, we're Christina and Khaled Keith Perry. I'm the Khaled part. We live in Arlington, Massachusetts, and are part of Fresh Pond Monthly Meeting. We're members there, which is part of Salem Quarter and New England Yearly Meeting. We're parents of a six-year-old. She's awesome. And we are both struggle in our own ways to be faithful to and follow the nudges in our life into service. 
the work that we do, each of us is accountable to a support committee from the meeting. So it is provided oversight and accountability by the meeting and brought back to and for the life of the meeting. We both do work within the Religious Society of Friends and beyond it. So sometimes we do uh, Bible studies for yearly meetings. We do retreats for monthly meetings. We do program worship, uh, adult ed, youth, first day school, things like that. And then also we do work outside of the denomination. I work for the American Baptist Churches of Massachusetts coordinating the Creation Care Ministries program, which seeks to advance environmental justice in the 200 member churches of that body. And I am a theologian, and I am often engaging with all kinds of other Christians of various stripes. So I will do trainings around the Clearness Committee, for example. I did that quite a bit for a couple of years, teaching people outside of our tradition, the Clearness Committee and communal discernment. Um, we both have talked to folks from various evangelical churches about leadership from the friend's perspective. We we get around. We we talk to folks, and we've been influenced by a whole host of, of folks outside of the tradition, too. Anyway, that's enough about us for the moment. We'll come back at the end to a little bit more, but we wanted to give you a sense of who these voices were. So uh, what about the title of this show on Caring and Concern? Where did that come from? Yeah. So we thought that this would be important to talk about because it's kind of at the core of, of what's going on here. So the old phrase, carrying a concern, it was used to kind of talk about what it was that was being kind of hung on your heart, if you could think about it, or in your mind. So. Um, probably one of the famous examples that people know about, if they know about any, is John Woolman and John Woolman and his work for, for abolition. So you could say, for example, that John Woolman carried a concern for the ending of slavery. In the old language, um, so in the first generation of friends or so, George Fox, Margaret Fell, Isaac Pennington, kind of those folks, the phrase used to be under a concern. Also uh, under the weight of of a concern. I think that's a good language to think about, to think about the sort of weight of a concern coming upon you. Yeah. And concern at that point in time was kind of like a synonym for business or something you had to take care of. So to have God put a concern on you meant that you were being given some task that you had to accomplish, some ministry that you had to live into. There's all kinds of um, biblical language regarding wearing the mantle of a prophet, for example. And the idea is the same thing, that there is a, a task and a role that is being kind of put on you that you're being called into. And in those days and in ours, one of the reasons that we didn't ordain folks is because it really was much more of a concern that was put on you as opposed to kind of a, a kind of person you were. So you were not ordained into the clergy. You were simply a friend that had had a concern put on your heart or put into your soul. And then you had to carry that concern out into the world. It wasn't something that made you into anything. It was the movement of spirit calling you into work and laying that weight on you so that you had to move to do what right. You had to do something. 
And it's probably important to remember that the um, concerns were laid upon someone for a season in the same way that they, you could be under the weight of a concern, you could be no longer under the weight to have that concern removed. Yeah. So you might have traveled for years under concern for right use of world resources or, or fair trade or something like that. And then suddenly one day you wake up and you think, I think I'm done with this. And so then you have to go back to your community and say, I know I've been doing this for three or four years, but I really feel like uh, that time is done. And I think for us, this is important. You carry it for as long as it's yours. And part of the role of the community is to help you see if it is yours. And then it's also the community's task to make sure that when it's not yours anymore, you you put it down and maybe it'll be picked up and maybe it won't. But that's that's beyond us to figure out. Our job is to see, is this for me for now? And to keep going and keep periodically asking the question, is this still right? Is there still life in it? Right. And asking that question is not one that one asks alone. It's a question that gets asked in community and with the assistance of a meeting or a support committee, supporting body. Yes. And you do ask it alone and with others. Right. It's a both hands scenario. Yeah, right. But it doesn't have to be carried alone. Right. That's the... Well, hopefully, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is all well and good in terms of history and, and, and concept, but as with many things in the religious society, it really kind of gets going when there's some flesh on it, when, when there's a story there um, experientially. And so this is something we've both felt. Christina, could you share a little bit about a time maybe when you felt like you were carrying something, you were under the weight of something? Sure. I'd be happy to talk about it. 10 years ago, a little more than 10 years ago, I was still a member of Pacific Yearly Meeting, and I was clerk of that uh, Yearly Meeting's Friends Committee in Unity with Nature, which is the kind of, they've evolved into earth care committees at this point. It became really clear to me, and I brought it to a plenary session, that it was may have been time to lay that committee down. I was very much under the weight that we were not faithfully carrying out the charge of that committee. We weren't listening vitally for where we were being called. We were just sort of going through the motions of it. And it might be time to just lay the work down until we were moved to pick it back up again. It was not an easy thing to bring to the entire yearly meeting because it's an issue that I passionately cared about and I wanted us to continue to work on. But the the concern that was on my heart was that we weren't actually working on it from a spirit-led place. And in order to do that, it was time to lay it down. And do you remember how that kind of occurred to you? Did you kind of wake, wake up one day or is it in bits and pieces or through conversations or all of the above? Or how, how did it happen that somebody who had devoted, you know, much of her energies within friends to doing earth care work suddenly was saying we need to lay down the earth care committee. How did that happen? It happened certainly over time and I had an opportunity to test my experience with other people and then it became abundantly clear actually at yearly meeting when I was supposed to be delivering a plenary address and I sat with the companionship and accompaniment of an elder. Mm -hmm. And in writing that address, it just was abundantly clear that 
what I was supposed to write and the uh, the address I was supposed to deliver deliver was a proposal to lay this committee down. Hmm. So uh, you still weren't even sure at that point. You were you you thought you had an idea that kind of came to you and then you tested that and things moved forward from there. I I think realistically I had been testing it for weeks if mm-hmm. not months uh with various members of the committee and with my peer group and my own oversight committee but it didn't it became very clear that I was supposed to bring it to the entire yearly meeting which was was not what would have occurred to me when I was originally thinking about writing a plenary address right and one of the things we're going to discover as we move throughout the interviews that will happen is it looks different for different people at different times. And sometimes it looks the same for different people at different times or looks different for the same person at different times. We are not really eager to find a formula. I mean, I suppose if one emerges, that's great, but it would be just as fine if one did it. You know, part of what we're trying to capture is to pick it up, to walk with it maybe run sometimes and, and maybe put it down afterwards and, and take a, a load off after to the greatest degree that we can through story and through time. And we don't always have the means to do that or the will to do it. And so carrying a concern is, is what we're talking about. And we want to hear what it's like for people to carry it. So while things like Friends Journal or, or, or Quicker Life are, are terrific and they kind of provide a top level overview of maybe some trends or themes that happen within the religious society and something like uh, Quaker Theology kind of does an academic piece of it, we're really hoping to kind of sit in some other kind of ground, a different landscape, a place that is much more about personal story and kind of people's experience um, as opposed to large scale trends or stories. Right. This project isn't really an an editorial one or one where the um, we have a laid out content or argument that we're trying to advance. I think it's more like an uncovering. We're doing a sort of a archaeology or anthropology of the experience among friends of being called into service and what that's like. And and I hope, or I think we both hope that we will uncover some things that we didn't expect to uncover in being able to have lengthy conversations with friends about their experience. And that's where uh, you come in. So one of the problems could be, right, if we only ever talk to the people that we know, um, then some of the stories we get are ones that we kind of already expect to get. And there are stories and guidelines and little trails on their path that we already know. What we're going to do is open it up, starting out in a little spiral from our meeting in Fresh Pond out spiraling through Salem Quarter and hopefully out within the yearly meeting in general. We want to hear your stories, stories about how you had a little nudge one day that grew up into a big nudge and one day led into some public work. Or maybe how one day you felt really called to do a really important thing that had never occurred to you before and you didn't have time for a clearness committee. It doesn't matter. 
We want to tell the stories of friends that have been of service, who felt called into that service, how to figure out what to do with that call, and acted on it in a way that was outside of themselves. I want to clarify something about public work, because the, it's easy to, to hear that phrase, public work, and, and think of public social witness or just uh, something that happens in the public sphere beyond the religious society. It could be, and it is likely, that the service that um, someone takes up is happening in the monthly meeting or the quarterly meeting or in the yearly meeting and for the nurturing and growth of the religious society. So we don't just want stories of action in the world. We also want to know how friends were called into service within their own meetings. Yeah. So maybe you never thought you'd be the clerk of your meeting or a trustee or on finance committee, or maybe you never thought you'd be a member, or maybe you thought you'd be a member forever and you left. What we're really after is the experience of feeling like you're needing to do something more or, or less, I suppose. Something is being called out of you. Something is being laid on your heart. There's some thing that you have to do that you have to do to remain faithful. What did you do when you had that thing clear to you? How did you get it clear? What did you do after? What did you do with it when you discovered it? If this is a project and a story of uncovery, once you've uncovered the thing, what did it look like? And what did you do with it once you had it? Right. I think that that's a really important point. It's not so much what was the action, the end result that happened? What was the road like as you walked there? What was the journey like as you as you went there? And what were the signs along the road that helped you to know you were or maybe weren't going in the right direction, that you'd gone off on a kind of a path and needed to go back and retrace your steps? Yeah, I mean, part of the the tagline here, right, is uh, stories and lessons from the road or reflections from the road. We don't know. We're on the road one way or the other. And part of that is saying, what did you learn? Where did you screw up? Where did you experience an incredible amount of joy? We're not as concerned with success kind of in an external way. That may or may not be part of the story. What we want to hear is about faithfulness, about what it's like to do that grappling and, and what emerges out of some of that hip checking that happens when you wrestle with angels. That was a Jacob reference, I think. Yes. Jacob? Well, before he became Israel. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Nice. So we've got a kind of interesting timeline planned out here that we're hoping is going to work. Starting late winter, 2017 and and in moving into the spring we're going to begin traveling to interview people we'll begin actually we'll begin our travel by not traveling and and gathering the stories of our own monthly meeting which is fresh pond monthly meeting and then working sort of in a spiral out from that through salem quarter and the meetings in salem quarter and then more broadly into regions of new england yearly meeting we'll travel to visit individuals, and we're also available to travel to your meeting, to sit in a meeting for worship and then to meet with people after that meeting for worship. Yeah, so our, our committees of care, our support committees that kind of provide oversight for all of the work that we do, both for the show and for other things, really encouraged us to 
um, travel um, in the ministry together, carrying this concern, carrying a concern for having people talk about how they're being led. So that means we're available to come to meetings. We may ask to come to some meetings, maybe your meeting, maybe you want us to come to your meeting and just talk to some folks about what we've heard, encourage people to talk to us. Maybe there's some people in your meeting that you think have a great story to share and wish that other people knew about it. We're going to be available and making ourselves available to see what happens. We're going to have some dates that we can hit the road, and we're going to try and reach out and find out where we should be when those dates come. Our hope is, whether we've scheduled it one-on-one or whether we've come to your meeting and discovered there's three or four conversations to have, that we set up our recording equipment and we just talk. It's not a super formal thing. We've done a couple tests of these, and we're not trying to be kind of uh, super professional broadcast professionals. We, that was two professionals. We're not trying to be doubly professional. We're trying to connect with a microphone on, talk to folks about things and just happen to have a little tape recorder running while we do it. So the interviews are somewhere around an hour to an hour and a half. They're not crazy long. We don't pry unless you ask us to or say it's okay. And we excited to see what happens when we're out there. After we gather all those interviews, we'll be spending the summer doing editing. And the hope is that in the fall of 2017, we will begin to release one episode per week for 12 weeks for a total of 12 different episodes. So those episodes will be kind of edited versions of the interviews brought down somewhere into the kind of neighborhood of 45 minutes occasionally with some commentary in there kind of getting really at the heart or the meat of those longer interviews that we did with folks after those 12 episodes if there's still interest to continue the project we'll we're willing to start over again and travel to farther flung meetings if there is interest and support to do so yeah so there's really three or four chunks to this project Uh, The first is archiving all these stories. All the stories are going to be kept. Most of them will be unedited. They'll just be available to listen in long form. We'll just take out the stuff that the interviewees want to make sure doesn't go public. Second of all is the show itself, the kind of edited, polished, bright and shiny 45-minute versions. There will be 12 of those. Third piece is the actual travel us being out there, meeting people we never thought we would meet, encouraging meetings to ask each other how God is at work calling them into service. And then fourth of all is going to be the fact that the the shows themselves will be transcribed and we'll try to write some queries for each episode that might be useful for religious education in various meetings or maybe in churches outside of Quakerism. Okay, so maybe you're sitting there listening to this and thinking, oh, well, that's interesting, uh, but it doesn't really have much to do with me. I've never heard of Uncaring and Concern before. I certainly don't think about what I do as public service. I'm not a public friend. I don't know what ministry is. I'm not a minister. Any of these things. Well, here's the thing. 
we're not nearly as concerned about the language as we are with the experience of being called into something. It's really pretty simple. We believe that sometimes some people are led into a need to do work in the world, and they feel like that leading comes from somewhere other than just them. On Carrying a Concern is a show about the stories of people responding seriously to that call and tracing the little roads and byways that are discovered when they're responding to it. That likely has happened to everybody. We can all be called that way. And so, we want to talk to you if it's happened to you. Check out ocacshow.org. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. Drop us a line and let us know that you want to talk to us. Or talk to somebody in your meeting. Hear their story for yourself and ask them to contact us. Don't sneakily report anybody. We don't want to do that. But we would love for you to have conversations with one another and for you to reach out to us. These are great stories. They're stories about how we can turn towards the things that let go of the seeds of war and help the world enter into what we think it's supposed to be. Old school friends called it gospel order. It's when things are right and moving towards greater rightness. This is On Caring a Concern, and I'm Khaled Keith Perry. I'm Christina Keith Perry, and this show is produced as a ministry under the care of Fresh Pond Monthly Meeting in Cambridge, Massachusetts, with the financial support of New England Yearly Meetings Legacy Gift Fund. Music for the show is provided by Blue Dot Sessions, which you can find on the web at sessions.blue. Please check us out ocacshow.org on Facebook, Twitter, or drop us an email on that same website, contact at ocacshow.org. We hope to hear from you.